Religiosanity episode 20. Wow. We've hit a milestone. 20. Yes. Fifth in the series called Sane Christmas. Christmas. Even though today, I don't know whether it'll be sane or more <laughs> like crazy oh. or uh, hilarious. Okay. Or, this should be interesting. Uh, yes. So we touched number of times on Proto-Evangelium of James. That's right. Uh, in, in several of our earlier episodes. About and 150 common error. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I got it right. Yeah, you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that is uh, what we'll be talking about. Uh, okay. It's a uh, source which uh, greatly influenced the, the medieval piety mm-hmm. uh, and uh, how Christmas uh, were celebrated in medieval Europe, mm. I think, and, and viewed. And it's just absolutely joyful and hilarious. And uh, hmm. I, I, I don't know how to best describe it. Uh, if uh, I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, what will be the easiest characteristic of it. And I kind of refreshed my memory by reading it anew just before this episode uh, today morning. And uh, it's... Uh, Closest I came is uh, like you have uh, children and youth preparing Christmas pageants mm-hmm. or Christmas uh-huh. dramas. Yeah. Rather than pageant, because pageant you you usually create kind of uh, put together, um, how would we call it, um, Christmas nativity scene. Yes. Okay. Or at least in in our church we do that that way. Uh, well, this is more like dramatic narration and, uh-huh. and storytelling. Uh-huh. But so, uh, imagine uh, early Christian Christmas drama for adults uh-huh. Uh-huh. or R-rated, yeah, <laughs> you know, or something like that. And yeah. that is really um, this. Uh, uh, this Proto-Evangelium of James. Mm. That's how I would uh, describe it if I'm asked uh, to describe it in in, uh, in few words. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's well, why just Why was very... it written, first of all? Like, why, in this time period, somebody writing something like this, what would it be, what would be the point, I guess, is what I would like to know. Yeah, the, in theology, it's called uh, Sitz in Leben, that is how it fits into the life uh, of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, here it definitely tries to uh, inform some of the dogmatic uh, developments in early church, ah. uh, but also to harmonize. Uh, if you remember when we talked about how Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, 40 to 50 years after his death. Uh, uh, And and I mentioned that, you know, there are attempts to harmonize uh, those two Gospels, which are otherwise mutually incompatible, uh, Matthew and Luke. This is it. This is exactly what Proto-Evangelium of James is trying to do, and some extra, or much more extra. (laughs) You know, here is the source of Immaculate Conception of Mary uh, in this uh, uh-huh. in this Proto-Evangelium of James. Here you have not only virginal conception, uh, but here you have also virginal birth, as we talked mm-hmm. about it. Uh, 
and all of that goes back to Proto-Evangelion of mm. James. Uh, so uh, it's quite early, you know, it's yeah. roughly there with some of uh, latest uh, writings of the New Testament. Yeah. Just think about it. So yeah. it's it's, but at the same time, it has this kind of, at least from my perspective, it is highly amusing writing. Uh, from from my perspective, again, it's it's humorous. Uh, it it has uh, it 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 attempts to entertain, mm. and uh, it really starts much earlier than any other gospel. Mm. Uh, remember that Luke is starting with the conception of uh, John the Baptist. Uh, here we go even further back, and we are talking about conception of Mary mm. uh, and and her special upbringing also. So right uh, in the middle, we step into uh, her father is called Joachim uh, and uh, or Joachim, mm -hmm. and. Uh, he is described as a very rich man who is bringing offerings to the temple. Mm. Uh, but his offerings are rejected mm. because he is childless. And that is portrayed This is as, already starting out like a dramatic story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, and at the same time entertaining yeah. and, and so on. But he is told by high priest that he cannot bring uh, offerings to the temple because uh, his child childlessness is a stain. <laughs> uh, okay? And so he is all depressed and goes to the wilderness where he fasts in both uh, food and drink wow. for 40 days. He is not eating and not drinking in the wilderness for 40 days. You know, it tells you yeah. that this is exaggerated. I'm yeah. just, yeah. I would love to, you know, when you see those uh, hilarious uh, depictions of life of Moses, you know, by those who are trying to do it literally according yeah. to the Bible or uh, the, some of the lives of Jesus or yeah. gospel of Matthew and these kind of things yeah. where people are talking kind of still language yeah. and yeah, <laughs> quoting yeah. Bible yeah, yeah. and so on. I, I'm just, I, I would love to see uh, this put into a film. <laughs> it'll be, and, and big production, yeah. you, you know, it'll yeah. be just hilarious. So yeah. let us continue. Just yeah. imagine him uh, going without drink in the yeah. wilderness if, in Judea for 40 days. Yeah. He would be like uh, 30 days dead. More than 30 days that, you know, if, if he was really not Ten drinking. 10 days but, without drink and 30 days uh, as a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, it tells you that they did not have any uh, understanding, basic knowledge yeah. of how long can person stay without drink, yeah. you know, or yeah. uh, physiological. And we'll come across that later on as well. But, you know, it is entertaining. So he is here. Uh, demonstrating to the Lord that he is really fully remorseful. Uh, while his wife, uh, Anna, is really struck because uh, she counts herself as widow. Mm. You know, the 
partly understanding that you know if someone fasts and does not drink this long <laughs> she is virtually widow yeah. uh, so uh, she she has here that kind of um, song there, there are also like in uh, gospel of luke uh, these different songs incorporated into this writing so here is the piece of poetry i will mourn my widowhood and grieve for my childlessness because she is also struck by her yeah. childlessness, uh, is tempted by her uh, her maidservant who is uh, trying to make her celebrate a day of the Lord, I think, or something like that, uh, like Sabbath, I think, or some kind of a holiday, if I remember, by putting uh, the more festive, not mourning garment. Mm. Uh, but she rejects that. And then goes into her garden and looks up uh, into the crown of a laurel tree and sees there a sparrow, or there are different translations in different versions here, uh, on, a, on a nest. And she puts this, uh, another more substantial song uh, of sorrow, uh, which is quite well known and beautiful when you think about it. And uh, Anna sings, Woe is me, who, who gave me life? What womb brought me forth? For I was born a curse before them all and before the children of Israel. And I was reproached and they mocked me and thrust me out of the temple of the Lord. Here she is kind of it's it's nonsense because women would not be allowed to come in but maybe she is taking in like a uh, substitute for her husband or something like mm. that uh, because her husband was kind of not properly expelled from the temple let me say that that's nonsense you, you know, you would not be expelled from the temple for childlessness. Uh, you cannot find it anywhere. <laughs> you know, they are making it up. But here she is picking it up on behalf of her husband yeah. or whatever. Maybe they, the author did not know that women were not allowed to the temple or, uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, I don't know. And then she continues, Woe is me, uh, to what am I likened? I am not like the birds of the heavens, for even the birds of heavens are fruitful before you, O Lord. Woe is me wow. to what I am likened. I am not likened to the beasts of the earth, for even the beasts of the earth are fruitful before oh, you, God. O Lord. Woe is me to what I am likened. I am not likened to these waters, for even these waters are fruitful before you, O they Lord. Are? <laughs> Woe is me to what I am likened. I am not likened to the earth, for even the earth brings forth its fruit in its oh, season yes. and praise you, O Lord. It's a beautiful song when you think about it, or dirge, yeah, or something is, yeah. like that, you know, yeah. uh, of sorrow. Uh, but the context is kind of off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like I mentioned, those uh, uh, comic. Um, uh, recreations of biblical stories, you know, yes. here you have it. Uh, so, but she receives a message from the angel who appears to her and says, Anna, Anna. Uh, and um, 
Anna, Anna, the Lord has heard your prayer. You shall conceive and bear, and your offspring shall be spoken of in the whole world. And Anna accepts that, and later on in his wilderness uh, hermitage, uh, uh, Joachim receives the similar message. Mm -hmm. uh, the angel of the Lord had come down to him, she hears mm -hmm. Anna, uh, and, uh, and said, Joachim, Joachim, the Lord God has heard your prayer. And, you know, so now yeah. go back. And so he invites all his servants and his flocks. Clearly, he was in the wilderness fasting while working as a shepherd or who knows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes back. They meet at the gate of the town. And then we don't hear much. So it's uh, not an immaculate conception. Uh, uh, immaculate this, conception is the conception, regular conception, which is not burdened by, by a uh, sexual the, act. No, 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 oh. no, no. It's not burdened by the original sin. Okay. Which is not identical, say, with, uh, uh, or who knows? It, it yeah. can, it is open to the uh, interpretation because if you read this uh, Proto-Evangelium James here in this area, up and down, you would actually don't read here about intercourse mm. between Joachim and Anna. It's kind of hinted there, but it's never really expressed. Mm. And then we already hear about uh, them celebrating that she is pregnant, you know, and, and is giving the birth uh, to a girl. Yeah. You know, she is. Uh, and uh, interesting thing is that uh, when the girl is uh, six months old, uh, Anna puts her on the ground, uh, and she starts running, makes hmm. six or seven steps, so I don't remember. And f from that moment, uh, Anna is declaring that she would not allow her feet to touch the ground. So she keeps her separated from the ground. Wow. Uh, until she is uh, brought to the temple, because they promise that they'll dedicate her to the temple wow. as a virgin. And uh, wait, what does that mean, though? Uh, that, uh, no, <laughs> dedicate no, no, to the temple as a virgin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just go past that. Yeah, sure. Fast. But I, I want to first stop with with that. Uh, I want to first stop with that. That uh, her. Feet should not touch the ground. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's because uh, that that it, that has a mythological context mm -hmm. uh, or a religious context, and uh, we would always say that this is between heaven and earth, for mm -hmm. instance, or mm -hmm. something like that. That's exactly. She is like a suspended in that wow. space. She is not really of the earth, or maybe she might be, but uh -huh. is not touching the earth. She is not polluted by earth. Mm. And, and is like the royalty, mm. more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the reasons why when you look into ancient depictions of, uh, say, royalty sitting on thrones, uh, they sit on thrones and under their feet, they are not touching ground. They, they have um, footstools. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. so that they are really suspended mm -hmm. in, in that space between uh, heaven 
and earth. Mm. And this is exactly how Mary is being brought up. And uh, then she is dedicated uh, to, to the temple. Uh, and uh, that is also quite hilarious because uh, it, it is kind of like uh, paralleling some of the Old Testament stories. Like you hear about, say, Samson, mm-hmm. uh, where the baby is dedicated, but sexistically, because it was or in sexist uh, patriarchal world, that uh, it's always reserved only for boys. Mm. In, in the biblical world, even in the Gospels or, or New Testament, you don't hear about this kind of dedication being reserved for virgins, mm. virgin girls. Uh, but here, it's all built about it. All suspension, all drama, all of that is actually built about virginity of, of Mary. Because, of course, she needs to be virgin for virginal conception and then virginal birth. So we need to keep her virgin. And so all the drama and all that story which will follow is all about it. I think that here we might have also some kind of uh, hints of uh, influence of Hellenistic or Roman world because uh, you have those Vestal virgins Mm. who are serving uh, in, in Rome, in the temple uh, for, uh, for people of Rome. Uh, and, and are uh, sequestrated, are put aside completely, uh, exactly for this reason. Mm. And, and there are other examples of that in Hellenistic world, uh, that virgins were of a special nature for offering sacrifices, mm. and occasionally even uh, for being sacrifices, mm. uh, or it's hinted here and there. Like we have in the Bible, and and it all it's all built upon the knowledge of the whole, uh, Hebrew Bible and Jewish traditions here, which are kind of all partly you can recognize it there, and partly it is completely off. Mm. I would compare it uh, to something like uh, someone is writing it who comes to church, listens to sermons on gospel, but never really took the Bible into his or her hand <laughs> and never really gave it any uh, thorough reading. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like uh, that. So they know here and there some peculiar, uh, peculiar features mm-hmm. of that, you know, or mm-hmm. certain aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they build it in and we'll touch upon it very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then general milieu, religious milieu, uh, you know, background uh, influencing it, uh, like this great respect towards virginity, for mm-hmm. instance. That's not necessarily Jewish. It's coming from Hellenistic world mm. uh, or f- world of philosophy more, like Platonism, you know, which mm. starts to divide between uh spiritual or ideal and earthly, you know, material. And so here you have uh, quite strong influence over it. And uh, then earthly 
or material will be uh, connected with sexuality, of course, you know, and because mm -hmm. we want to be spiritual or in the world of ideas, in that platonic world, you know, forms, pure forms, then um, this, this sexuality, that's distraction, you know, and it should be taken, you know, away and, and, and forgotten. So that's, uh, that, that's what is happening here, clearly, you know, that's that uh, influence of that. Uh, so Mary is taken to temple, you know, when uh, she is three years old and uh, stays there, uh, but uh, then there is a big problem when she is turning 12. That's at least the traditional uh, time for menarche, uh, the first period. Right. And, you know, in, in this world, of course, not in the real temple, or it would be uh, no, no. You know, uh, that's uh, Jewish defiling, uh, even within the Jewish tradition. But uh, here it is in this world, it is even bigger problem. Mm. Uh, world of the Proto-Evangelium of James. And, you know, we cannot have it in a temple, yeah. <laughs> this virgin, any yeah. longer. Uh, so we need to figure out what to do with her. And uh, they come up with an idea of having uh, older widowers to show up to mm. the temple the, to, be, um, to be selected as uh, Mary's protectors. Mm. You know, to send her out of the temple under the wing of those older widowers. Uh, you know, now, isn't so, that a little weird? Yeah, so they have, uh, they, they have, they, they use the uh, shofars, you know, trumpets to, to sound the uh, alarm that all uh, older widowers should present themselves to the <laughs> temple. And so uh, Joseph puts aside his axe, uh, you know, because mm. he is carpenter and, yeah. and, and goes to the temple as well as the faithful uh, Israelite. And widowers are presenting themselves, and uh, they are coming with their rods. And uh, while uh, Joseph is coming with his rod, uh, the bird, the dove, descends and sits uh, on his rod, which is taken as a divine omen, divine mm. sign that uh, Joseph is the one who is picked to take Mary mm. and take care of her. Uh, here you have, this is what I meant by, uh, you, you know, listening to uh, sermons in, in Hebrew Bible, yeah. because here you can recognize Aaronic uh, uh, rods or Aaronic staff. And there is a similar story, uh, not not identical. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. the problem, uh, but similar story of divination in uh, Book of Numbers, uh. Uh, where they are having this ordeal or divine judgment: uh, who is to be the priest over the Israelites traveling through the wilderness, uh. and they are bringing their rods they present them in the tabernacle and uh, Aaron's uh, rod uh, buds and blooms and brings almonds. Mm. 
during that period, <laughs> you know, overnight uh -huh. <laughs> or something like that. So uh, that that's that uh, that's that archetype in the Hebrew Bible, and here you have that with Joseph, that who is bringing rod, uh -huh. and the bird comes and sits on it. Uh -huh. Uh, but uh, it's uh, that rod uh, divination or sign or ordeal, divine judgment, that it is him to be the one. Uh, then uh, we, I think that he departs for a while. Uh, to, not with her? He doesn't take her? Not with her. He has his job to, to, to build uh, roofs over the houses. Okay. Uh, you know, it tells you also that uh, that's not necessarily in the Palestinian setting because they had flat roofs. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's how it is. And uh, so he departs after his business, uh, leaving her there. And uh, she uh, is then called back to temple uh, with other Israelite virgin girls uh, because they decided to make uh, in the temple a new veil for uh, probably curtain uh. Uh, for, for the temple. And so we hear again how they are casting lots or deciding which virgin will do what. Uh, and we hear that um, Mary's color was pure purple. Uh -huh. uh, the scarlet and the pure, uh, pure purple. And they need to uh, prepare it. Uh, so this uh, is something that has stayed, for sure. Oh yeah, because that's Mary. her color. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is basically where it comes from. Yes, yeah, yeah. But some of it stayed also already because we talked about oh, her true. immaculate yeah. conception. That's right. You know, for that's instance, right. and that, and that's not anywhere else besides this. Uh, this is the oldest. Oh, this is the oldest uh, version oh. of it, you, you, you know, and um, then, you know, these uh, other stories would have it uh, like outspins from this, mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the stories about Joachim and Anna mm -hmm. or Joachim and Anna. Uh, so they are uh, doing this veil uh, for the temple. Mary has this, these colors, which she drew. And uh, as she is going for water, fetching water, because that was the task for uh, women or, or young girls, especially, um, she is being, uh, she's met with an angel who gives her a classical enunciation like we have uh, in, uh, like we have in the Gospel of Luke, uh, that enunciation is more or less word for word wow. uh, lifted from the Gospel of Luke. Only we have it uh, with a setting that it is happening while she is going for water. That's really interesting. Uh, which would is, James have read that Gospel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He oh, absolutely. Have, uh, no, no, no. He, he knew both Matthew and Luke. He is later on trying to even harmonize them together. But, you know, here we are slowly entering at this moment. We are entering into the gospel material. Mm -hmm. Up until now, this we is were all, all yeah. Uh, yeah. like 
what is not covered right. by the nobody else uh, decided to do go this far back with any or yeah. create stories about uh, yeah. you know and I, I wanted to stop with that uh, meeting the angel by the well mm-hmm. that's another kind of uh, memory of the Hebrew biblical text because if you have the meeting by the well it's very very common mm. so the first is Eliezer uh, going uh, to fetch a wife from Isaac. Okay. That's the one who meets Rebecca by the well. And they and he kind of measures her by her uh, superhuman powers because she is watering his 50 camels or I'm now making that number up but I think it is pretty close to that you know and that would not be possible to do by group of men Uh okay because one camel is able to drink something like 20 gallons if you have uh, I'm again making the, these numbers up, okay? Yeah. But it's uh, you know if it is a thirsty camels, they just arrived uh, uh, from the journey across the semi-desert, where clearly they did not have much to drink for quite a while. Mm-hmm. That's why people kept camels there. Uh, so he arrives, and uh, Rebecca is all happy to water his camels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has number of camels <laughs> and she's watering them like nothing happened uh-huh. you know uh, and and this way uh, Eliezer recognizes that this is the right wife for uh-huh. uh, Isaac okay so that's one uh, next is Jacob uh, running away and uh, meeting uh, Rachel by the by the vow uh, next one is uh, Moses meeting his wife by the well, uh, uh, while so running some... from Egypt. Uh, yeah. uh, and next we hear in the New Testament, for instance, about uh, Jesus meeting with the a woman. Samaritan woman yes. uh, of at least uh, questionable reputation. Right. Okay. And, and is, this, is, that, this, is it the equivalent of the of the of the water cooler? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think in, it is in the even, office. No, you know? no, I think that it is even further. We know it from the medieval times, mm. also. Uh, without running water in homes, uh, yeah. as I mentioned, it was the, the responsibility mostly of a younger female uh, to go and fetch water, usually in the evening. They would go out uh, with their uh, large pitchers and carry the water back home. And everyone knew that it was the time when normally otherwise uh, girls kept within their homes and busy working on things uh, would go outside. Mm -hmm. And so uh, girls would uh, go for water and socialize there while a young man would gather around, of course, they knew that the girls were coming out and that it was the place where you have this uh, 
watching each other, mm. maybe chatting mm. uh, and, and, and so on, and liaisons being built uh, yeah. that way. So, or relationships cross gender yeah. uh, being built. And, and there are those kind of famous, even paintings, you have that uh, famous painting of girl with a broken jar. Yes. And you don't need to be psychoanalyst to understand uh -huh. <laughs> what is going on, uh -huh. you know. And, and uh, to check her, uh, you, you, you know, the, the, the expression on her mm -hmm. face and, you know, so the, she is sorry for a broken jar, but yeah. she is actually happy yeah. about it yeah. <laughs> as yeah. well. And, and who yeah. knows what a broken jar means. And, yeah. and yeah. Here, we, here, here you have like a repetition of it. Of course, all is absolutely she is virgin. Yes. Yes. But uh, the angel is telling her that she will conceive. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, she takes that. Uh, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord before him. Be it to me according to your word. Mm. And I think that because here we are really entering that, that passage uh, or that part of the Proto-Evangelium of James, where it overlaps with the Biblical Gospels. Uh -huh. I think that here we can close this segment, mm -hmm. and maybe next time we can talk about, uh, we can talk about that uh, other and part. I can't wait. You got me hooked now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until next time, we're uh -huh. leaving you with a cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs>